Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Thursday, August 3rd, and this week, a test driver is charged, driver's pay gets cut, and Uber makes money. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And of course, from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder, and lead attorney, Bryant Greeny. Bryant, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday, Jared. That's weird to say. We're typically uh, one day later. <laughs> yeah, it's usually Friday. Uh, I'm going to be MIA for the, a long weekend here, so I thought we should do it on Thursday. Um, it's also going back to the basics. Last couple, uh, this week in Rideshare, we've had, we've had some, we had Rideshare Rodeo on last week, and we had uh, Dr. Clarko the week before. Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to mix it up a little bit, but I'm excited to get back to the basics and, and give the people what they've grown to love. Yeah, give them what they love, and we'll give it to them right now. We're going to start with Monday here. A test driver, or the test driver, in the deadly autonomous vehicle crash gets sentenced. And this is from Jalopnik. They reported in March of 2018, one of Uber's autonomous prototypes hit a pedestrian crossing the street. Uh, the victim was taken to the hospital, then later died from her injuries. It was later revealed that Raphael, the, the safety operator, was looking at her phone leading up to the crash. Now, at the time, it was really up to a question whether she or Uber would be held responsible for this woman's death. But five years later, it turns out the court has pinned the blame on the operator. Um, so she pleaded guilty to endangerment on Friday after being initially charged with negligent homicide back in 2020. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Uh, in this article, Uber, it says Uber settled with the family soon after her death and did not face any criminal charges. However, it came out later that Uber had removed a key failsafe that likely would have prevented this woman's death because it braked too frequently and the company was under pressure to outbeat Waymo. So there's, there's a lot to this, Bryant. There is. This is a really interesting case because it's one of the first... Uh, major publicized uh, issues involving autonomous vehicles and uh, defects in the manufacturing, the technology. Also, there's a component of user error when it came to the, the operator sitting behind the wheel. Um, so there, were, there was really every issue here that we've been talking about for a long time. And it, it, we got to see how at least this one court dealt with it and what they thought was an appropriate um, response and an appropriate punishment based on what happened. Um, we certainly would like to have seen Uber face greater responsibility here, the, particularly because it seems like their technology failed and they made affirmative choices that could have prevented this death. In the same vein, we all saw the video and saw that the operator was not paying attention behind the wheel. So um, there was the error on her part as well. Um, I got to say from a just a justice standpoint, I, I do tend to agree with how the court came down in terms of the sentence. I think that this is um, a tragic event in which um, people, you know, money needed to change hands and civil responsibility was certainly uh, necessary. Um, but I, I also don't think that this woman did anything um, on purpose. She didn't you know, try to, to cause harm to someone. She was negligent. And to face jail time for negligence is, is a pretty steep price. So at, at the end of the day, 
Um, I do agree with the financial component of it. I agree that she probably didn't deserve jail time. And I would have liked to see Uber face more repercussions. Do you think that Uber maybe didn't face repercussions because this is such a new and complicated process? Could that be one of the factors? Certainly the fact that it's new was one of the reasons why Uber didn't face uh, the repercussions that, that we would have liked to see. And that's because the laws haven't caught up. There needs to be clearly defined laws and regulations as to who is responsible and who can be held responsible when this technology fails. Uh, one argument that, that I just don't agree with is that the company should be left off the hook because this is new technology, because we're trying to figure this out. That's precisely why they should be held responsible. If they're going to put dangerous technology on our roadways where there's pedestrians and bicyclists and other motorists, they need to make sure that it's safe. And they also need to make sure that they're hiring the right people to uh, prevent these situations as, as uh, fail safes when the technology fails. Um, so in, in this case, Uber made choices that that directly led to the death of an innocent bystander. So I just I don't buy that the, the newness of the technology is a get out of, get out of jail free card. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there should you're right. There should be there should be more scrutiny on these companies, not less. Um, uh, let's head into Tuesday. Instacart pays its drivers more. Just kidding. No, they don't. Instacart cuts its base pay for drivers. And this is from Business Insider who reported, quote, drivers for the delivery service are now paid a minimum of $4 per order, down from 7 This is according to the company and interviews and screenshots from three drivers. The cut affects base pay. Of course, the company says they can earn more from customer tips. The interesting thing here, Instacart's blog says, the orders with at least $4 in base pay would just really involve delivering a bag of chips or a pint of ice cream. But screenshots sent to the insider by Instacart shoppers show much more complex orders. Uh, one order sent by a shopper in Indiana required driving just over a mile from the store, but only after picking up 45 items in a grocery store for a whopping pay of under $7. The never-ending let's keep screwing over the gig worker, Brian. This really is that that story all over again. All the companies seem to be reducing base pay and passing the expense off to the customer. That It's not the customer's job to pay the driver's salary. That needs to come from the company, the one who's making the millions and billions of dollars on these orders. Um, the more that the, the responsibility is transferred from the company to the customer – the less the drivers are going to get paid. Um, tips are not guaranteed. That's the bottom line. So a driver needs to know what they're going to get paid, what, what they can expect for their work. And then a tip is the cherry on top. The tip is the couple dollars that the person feels generous enough to give. Um, the, these companies just need to be more willing to share their earnings with the people who are doing the heavy lifting. You know, I, I, I bring this up every time, but it, it, with Instacart especially, we know that tip baiting was a major issue and it still is an issue. I mean, we uncovered that during the pandemic that, you know, people would give a big tip to, to prioritize their delivery. And then as soon as they got the order, they would reverse it or put it to zero. So once again, it's Instacart saying, oh, don't worry, you're going to get tipped well. That, there's no guarantee of that. Like you said, that's, that's kind of the cherry on top. Uh, you know, and a lot of people, again, are saying, well, I can't afford to, to be a driver then for Instacart. 
And so we might see what we saw with Uber where drivers just stop doing it. I don't know. Yeah, it's bad for drivers and it's bad for customers. So when drivers make less, they're they're more, I should say, they're less satisfied. They're more likely to leave the job. Uh, That means there's less people working, which means longer wait time for customers, which can mean higher prices because there's fewer drivers to, to make those deliveries. Um, it, it is cyclical and it, it affects everybody in, you know, in this sphere. So I, I just think that Instacart is being short-sighted, they're being cheap, and they're screwing over the people that work for them and, and the customers that rely on them. The, the only one who's really benefiting from this short-term change is Instacart, who's keeping more money in its own pocket. Yeah, and as we've seen, typically when that happens, it doesn't end well for anyone, but... Um... Time will tell. We're going to head off into Wednesday. Uber actually makes a profit, but the stock still sinks. This is from Forbes. They reported, quote, Uber posted a positive income for the first time in its history last quarter, but the share price still fell early Tuesday as concerns about slowing sales outweighed investor optimism for the long bleeding business. So basically, despite record profit, Uber's $9.2 billion in revenue came short of the estimates, while its 14% year-over-year revenue growth was at its weakest since the first quarter of 2021. So the stock is still down roughly 20% from its early 2021 peak. So even all the crazy stuff they're doing and cutting and slashing and fighting laws, they're, they're just not doing it. It's just still, you know, they made a profit, but it's still a mess. Yeah, the, the company seems to be heading in the right direction financially. They, they hadn't turned a profit before. And this is, um, we like to see that, like we've said a million times before, we are rooting for the success of Rideshare. We're rooting for the success of gig platforms because that pays a lot of our of our community's bills. Um, it, it's the obviously the way of the future and in a lot of ways the way of the now. Um, but from a business perspective, um, it seems like there's, uh, you know, some opportunities for growth. But at the end of the day, I'm excited to see that the <laughs> the company is making some money because that means they're going to be here and and hopefully, um, you know, can continue to grow and and hopefully find ways to benefit the people who are driving for them. So I guess my my uh, that, that was a complicated way of me saying that the stock price may not be where we want it to be, but I, I'm glad to see that there's growth uh, in the organization and hopefully that continues. Well, I think leading up to this next story, there there could be a correlation as to how it's actually making profits now. So we're going to jump to Thursday. Uh, so this is interesting. This is from Yahoo Finance. The Uber CEO was shocked to learn the price of a ride. Uh, so Yahoo Finance reported, you know, Wire's editor-at-large, Stephen Levy, took a little under a three-mile Uber ride from downtown New York to the west side to meet Uber CEO. Um, when asked to estimate the cost of the ride, Uber CEO said, ah, probably about 20 bucks. His estimate, as it turned out, was less than half as the actual price of that ride was $51, including a tip for the driver. This uh, Uber CEO said, oh, my God, wow, you know, shocked that this is the case. But that wasn't the worst of it. Levy then said that when he first tried the book in Uber to get to the interview, the price was $20 higher. So Uber CEO said, hey, you know, that's you can chalk it up to the to surge pricing, but as Levy noted, which is true, he said, "Hey, it was 10 a.m. on a sunny weekday. It sounded like the president's in town." Seems to be some correlation between their stock price making money and super expensive rides. Yeah, that's one way to uh, to bring in a profit is 
you know, tr- charge people an arm and a leg to, to move around. The the thing that I take away from this story is the disconnect between Uber's CEO and reality. Um, we've got this this guy who's making tens of millions of dollars in his role, um, not to mention all the stock options that he has, and he just doesn't understand what the real world looks like. W- when Uber prices are that high, it means people are priced out of the service, um, which is de- detrimental in a lot of ways. First of all, they you know, ushered out, and by ushered, I mean shoved out the taxi industry. Um, there's a lot of people who rely on Uber and Lyft uh, to get around, particularly in urban areas. And when the prices are that high, they lose access to transportation. So the fact that the Uber CEO doesn't appreciate that, you know, prices can get that high on, a, on just a normal day um, is jarring to me. And, and it just shows that he's, he's just not like one with the people. Uh, he, he's an elite and he's up on the top and a $50 ride doesn't mean anything to him, but that can be the difference between, you know, paying for medication or, or food um, for a regular customer. Yeah. I mean, his response is not something I would expect it. The, oh my God, wow. As if like he was completely blindsided, like you said, by the price that says a lot. And the other thing that it really comes down to is, it, as again, it affects the driver because the driver doesn't make all of that money. And then if you are if you need to take – you have two options if you're the rider. Either you say, well, I'm not paying 50 or $70 for that ride. Or you go, well, I need the ride. i got to take it. But then the first thing you're going to do is go, oh, okay, I'll take the ride, but I can't afford to tip on top of that. So I'm sorry, driver. Like this is – I'm already spending too much. And so then, the, once again, the driver gets the brunt of it because they, you know, the passengers had maxed out. Yeah, and a lot of times the passengers don't have any idea how much the driver is taking. So, on that fifty dollar ride, the the driver is making a small percentage, and the passengers assuming that most of the money is going in the driver's pocket. So they're saying, "Okay, this is an expensive ride, but like you said." I'm going to skimp on the tip on this one, but who cares? Because the driver's making his money. Look, my money's going right to him. That's just not the case. So I think this is another um, time in which we can talk about transparency and that every driver should see the money that they're going to earn from every ride. And every passenger should see exactly how the fare is split up between Uber and fees and the driver, uh, him or herself. Um, because I think that a lot of people would be shocked to know exactly what the driver takes home on these these fares. Oh, yeah, totally. The, the, having a full transparency like on the app actually showing what the driver made would be amazing because it would it would change the, the conversation where the customer would actually go, wow, it's, that's unbelievable. You only make that much. I think there's a reason why they don't do it because if the passengers understood how little the drivers made, there might be more camaraderie between the two groups, driver and passenger, more um, excitement over laws that create minimum wages or certain job security uh, benefits. Um, and certainly Uber and Lyft don't want any part of that. No, of course. Yeah, that would, that would definitely, especially when they're trying to slide in laws and then the passengers are aware of what's happening. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to leave it there. Um, before we sign off, I'm going give to you, give you the floor, Bryant, um, until we head off into um, the weekend. Yeah, before we uh, sign off here, we always do like to remind everybody that Legal Rideshare is here. If you're ever involved in an accident or injured on the job, uh, please make Legal Rideshare your first call. 
Um, we can help direct you um, to preserve your rights for the insurance claim, um, help with making accident reports, reporting things to Uber and Lyft. Um, we, we always want to make sure that you get that free consultation so you know exactly what to say and not to say to ensure that you have the strongest claim possible when you're fighting for your medical bills to get paid, your lost wages, your pain and suffering, or any other damage that you sustain. So um, you can visit us at LegalRideShare.com. All of our contact information is there. Um, please do not hesitate to reach out for that free consultation. Yeah, you heard him, guys. Drivers, gig workers, time is money. Do not wait. Uh, I, I, I always am heartbroken when I'm getting phone calls from you guys, and you should have called three months earlier, and you didn't. And it's a much tougher situation. So um, definitely do that. We're always here, as you know, to, to help you guys out. But that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.